In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who came in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise belongs forever. And I bear witness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his Messiah, his messenger. And I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a divine reminder, warner, and servant in our midst. I greet you in the greeting words of peace in the language of the original man. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, on behalf of the Nation of Islam, on behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we'd like to thank and welcome each and every one of you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is Mas Mariam. This is our National Center. This is NOI.org. And we have invited each and every one of you to come with us on a journey as we listen and learn of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. These teachings will change your life immediately. Brothers and sisters, we want to offer to you today a savior, a savior that has come for you and me, a savior who knows of our afflictions. He knows of the injustices that have occurred against us. He knows of the injustices against the oppressed by the oppressor. And he, our savior, has come to redeem our lost people. We want to make you acquainted with the Savior that has raised saviors for man and mankind. The Holy Quran says that Allah has raised messengers, prophets, in all nations. We believe that we're living in the, in the time of the fulfillment of the scriptures. We believe that we're living in the last days of the scriptures, where it says in the Bible, in the book of Joel, chapter 2, I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Brothers and sisters, fire on the west coast, heat in the central plain, blood in the streets for murder. The scriptures are being fulfilled in front of our very eyes. It also says in Malachi, for behold, that day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. That day is coming when I will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. Not a root or branch will be left to them. He then ends with, Behold, I will send you Elijah before the coming of that great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest he come, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Brothers and sisters, we believe that the events of the Bible are prophetic and not just historical. We believe that those scriptures were written for the time that we're living in right now, because it says in Psalms, let the redeemed tell the story of their Lord, and each and every person coming up will bear witness to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It says in Psalms, he led them by a straight way. Some sat in darkness, utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let us give thanks to the Lord 
for his unfailing love. Brothers and sisters, helping us to understand more of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Please help me as we bring to this podium student minister Abel Muhammad. En el nombre de Allah, el benéfico, el misericordioso. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you, brothers and sisters, and those who are watching us wherever you may be this morning or afternoon across the planet in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum, which means peace be unto you. In Espanol, significa la paz sea con usted o la paz esté contigo. Brothers and sisters, it is truly a blessing and an honor to be before you again this Sunday because it means for me personally that Allah has blessed me to live one more week. It means that while you who are listening and I who am standing before you are suffering and enduring whatever it is that we may be facing in our lives, we are yet alive to deal with it. We live in a world where there is suffering, where there is difficulty, and all too often we don't have answers, solutions for the problems in our life. We live in a world ruled by our enemy and the enemy of God. The enemy plots and plans. They scheme. They attack us through various means, including even using film and music as a way to manipulate us. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has shown us that even from the high office of the presidency, they have conspired and decided to criminalize us in an attempt to cut us off from God's invitation. His fulfillment of his promise to us to be his people in a land of our own. The 12th chapter of the book of Revelation in the fourth verse says that the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan have taught us that the dragon is Satan and the woman represents the servant of God. The dragon wishes to devour the child. Why is the woman and her seed the target? Because it is through the woman that you build your world. You build the future through the woman and what is shaped in her womb. The scriptural passage is also showing us the presence of a new idea, a new world and a new civilization that is now coming into existence and how it is being opposed. For there is a wicked class, 10% who profit and don't want to let go of the current unjust system and way of things. Their objective is to make things and take things back to the way they were, and they are willing to fight to the death to go back and keep the status quo. They are willing to attempt even to fight the God that is present and bringing in what is new. We have been unaware of the enemies plotting and their planning because we have been made blind and ignorant to who they are. 
We think they are our friends because they hide the truth of what has been done to us and hide their wicked hands and history, their treacherous history in their involvement in helping to bring us to the poor condition we find our people and humanity currently in. But not nowadays. Today there is a greater force, a greater power, and a superior wisdom. An invincible truth is present that can free us, empower us, and lift us up where we belong. And that power, that teaching, that truth is found in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. This wonderful book by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Our Savior, has arrived. On page 214 in a section entitled The Great Day, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad writes, So this is a great day, the passing away of one world and the coming in of another world. We have suffered under the evil that the devil was made for. Up until this very minute, he wants to, wants to do all the evil he can do regardless to the Bible and the Holy Quran teaching that Allah God will reward him and me for every good act or good work. Everything is being changed from the old to a new thing, writes the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We must qualify for the new. To qualify means be entitled to a particular benefit or privilege by fulfilling a necessary condition. It means to become eligible for a competition or its final rounds by reaching a certain standard or defeating a competitor. It means to make someone competent or knowledgeable enough to do something. What a blessing you and I are receiving to be offered from God himself that which entitles us to be a part of the new, that he God himself, Allah, who came in the person of Master Fahd Muhammad, is at the head of. To share with us knowledge that gives us access to his vision, his mind, his standard, the criterion for what he is bringing into existence. There are two forces at odds here, an old one and a new one. One that wants to pull us back and one compelling us forward. So in the book of Revelations, it says in the 21st chapter, starting in the third verse, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now amongst his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. This morning we are blessed, brothers and sisters, because this morning we have a message for the youth, 
for the adults and the elders, for black and white, brown, yellow, and red, male and female, for rich or for poor, for those in good health and those who need healing, for all who are looking for a solution and a way to understand and make sense out of all that we see happening on the planet, happening in our lives, happening to our loved ones. This morning, we extend a balm, a healing. We offer the truth to dispel the enemy's web of lies and knowledge to remove the veil of ignorance. We offer you the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad as represented by the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from God himself. The truth to free us, heal us, and renew us. It is a great honor this morning to present to you live here from Mosque Mariam. Please receive with the message this morning, the Gods at War, Student Minister Daniel Muhammad. In the name, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and we thank Allah, the one God, to whom all praise is due forever, the revealer of all truth, the sender of all the prophets and messengers. We thank him for Abraham and Lot, Noah and Moses, Jesus and Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon these worthy servants of Allah. I am a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I thank him and his National Assistant Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for the sacred opportunity to speak to you today and to deliver a very serious and most important topic entitled, The Gods at War. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, verses six through eight, it reads, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. What I found interesting, brothers and sisters, about this scripture is this word birth pains. And today in 2021, we would know this term as contractions. And if you've ever been blessed to have a child, when your wife first has that initial contraction, some of us panic and we rush out to the ER, we grab the little go bag, we jump in the car, turn it on, and we rush down to the ER, only to find out that the doctor say, hey, go back home, give her a few hours. Or stick around and we're gonna give you a room, but you know, we got a while. And in our mistake of feeling the contraction in our inexperience, we believe that the baby is to be born almost immediately not understanding that these contractions are spread out over a period of time. And the further that we go down the line of time, the contractions will begin to get closer and closer and closer together. And the moment that they are happening back to back, we know that the child is soon to be born. We are living in that time. As a people, we have experienced these birth pains and these contractions for eons and eons and decades of time. 
But now as we come to the year 2021 going to 2022, these contractions are beginning to be a lot closer. And as it begins to be a lot closer, these are basic signs that point that the conclusion is drawing near. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, it says, and except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, the chosen people of God, those days shall be shortened. So eventually the time and the circumstances and the events will get so bad and they will be so intense that God out of his mercy has to shorten those days or else even his chosen people would be punished and would experience death. So these events and circumstances are going to become so intense and so serious that we must become better informed and we must be willing to do what is necessary to, to survive these times, excuse me. Both of these verses, brothers and sisters, point to a time of great trouble and great difficulty. And this time of great trouble and great difficulty is called the day of judgment. As leaders of the people, as ministers, as imams, as uh, pastors and reverends, one thing that the minister always warns us to be careful about is preaching messages that feel good, messages that tickle the ears of the listener. But the minister said one time, he said, when you pick up the Bible and the Holy Quran, you read about the judgment in a way that is so terrifying that today many pastors don't want to talk about it. We wanna talk about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, but very few want to talk about the wrath of God. So today, if it be the will of Allah and with the help of Allah, we wanna discuss this time that we are living in. We wanna inform you of what can be expected in this time. And we also wanna close by giving you the way or the key or the solution to make it through this time. But in order to make it through such a trying time, we are in need of guidance. In the book of Revelations chapter 12, verse nine, it says, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. So the minister asked the question, brothers and sisters, are we in the world? And the answer is yes. So if we are in the world, is it possible that Satan has deceived even you and I? And since he has, because he's a master arch deceiver, as the book of Revelations talks about, we are in need of guidance. And this guidance is defined according to the dictionary as advice or information aimed at resolving a problem or difficulty, especially as given by someone in authority. The problem that we have, brothers and sisters, is too many times we're trying to navigate ourselves through these intense periods of darkness. And when we rely on our own intellect and our own instinct, that is where we make our grave error. It is okay to have intellect. It is okay to go off of instinct and that gut feeling. But we have in our midst a man who was sent to us by God to give us that extra needed oomph to make it through the period of darkness. So in the book of Proverbs chapter three, verse six, I'm sorry, verse five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The problem is, is that we, we lean on our own understanding 
And Satan, who is the arch deceiver, has a field day with us because we're going into the area of his specialty. So some of us, we look at the news and we see Democrat on one side and we see Republican on the other side. And if we just look at the vaccine for a moment, from the liberal side, they're telling you that the only solution is a vaccine. So you walk into death by following the ways of the liberals or the Democrats. And then on the other side of the aisle, we have the Republicans or what some call the conservatives, and they're telling you that there is an agenda from the other side and that you should remove your mask, you should abandon everything. We don't wanna bow, we don't wanna submit, we don't wanna go along. And many of us make the mistake of choosing one side or the other side, not realizing that both arms, the liberal and the conservative, are arms of Satan himself. So if you follow one or if you follow other, you're just accepting another form of death. Some of us look at the news, brothers and sisters, and we believe that what we see on the news is the truth, not realizing that the same demons who are giving us the news are the same demons who control the news and they are the same demons who are at the root of everything that is happening of evil in this world. So we are in need of guidance. We need to lean on the God because he is the one with the knowledge, the wisdom, and the power to utterly destroy this enemy. In the book of Romans chapter 12, it says, how will they know except that they have a teacher? And how will they have a teacher except one be sent? So Allah has raised the man from among us, the black man and the black woman of North America to guide us through this time. But if you listen to him and you are of some other race or some other ethnicity, he can also help you to survive and guide you through this, through this time as well and see the hereafter. In the scriptures, they talk about this human being that would be sent and they give to him different titles. Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad mentioned this in his last two lectures, how one of the titles that's given to this special human being is the Son of Man. And in other parts of the book, they call him also the Watchman. And in the book of Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17, it says, Son of Man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. And if you look into the history of what a watchman is, back in the old days, they would have a city or a town that was established and set up. And on the outer perimeter, they would have these walls before you enter into the city. And in the corner of these walls, there would be this tall tower that would be planted in the corner and the soldier or the sentinel, his sole purpose and his job would be to go up the tower, survey the land and look out for any approaching danger or harm that was coming towards the city. So the son of man, who is the watchman in our midst, the one who is looking over the masses of the people, the one who has the vision from the highest of levels. He is looking at the condition of us here in America, but our people all over the world, and he is telling us what is coming, what is on the way, what are the dangers, what are the tricks and the snares and the pitfalls of the enemy. And if we would just hear the word and the guidance of this watchman, who is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we will find ourselves in a winning and a victorious position. Also notice, brothers and sisters, in the same verse, it also tells the watchman to hear the word at my mouth, God talking, and give them warning from me. So that means that the guidance that the watchman gives is not something that he's coming up by himself. 
It's not something that he's sitting in a dark room putting together and looking up research and, and documentation to figure out what's happening. This is what God says. This is what God knows. This is what God hears. And he is feeding this watchman, this son of man. And this son of man gives to the people the very words of God himself. So the question becomes, brothers and sisters, how is it that this watchman can tell us what is coming in advance? And it starts with the love that this watchman have for Allah, the creator, the Lord of the worlds. When you're in love with someone so much, brothers and sisters, you align your mind with their mind. Their personalities and their quirks begin to be your personality and your quirks. And you can understand that person without them saying anything verbal. You can understand them in a hint or a sign. Now, this may sound, this may sound highly spiritually sophisticated, but on a personal level, we do this every single day. If you've ever studied your wife, the woman is a beautiful human being, a beautiful species. And that woman, after being married to a, a husband that's striving, not a bum husband when she wants to get away from you, but a husband who is striving, she begins to fall in love with that man. She begins to notice the nuances and the quirks of that man. And she begins to understand what that man is feeling and what, he's, what he wants to do without any conversation even being had. So the wife will be at a dinner with family and she will look over at the husband and she'll recognize that something's not right. Somebody done teed hubby off. And then she will notice just in your body language, just in your demeanor, just in the look in your eyes that something is not right and you're ready to check out. You're ready to go. So a good wife will see those signs and she will begin to make her and her family prepare to leave the table. But how did she know these things? All because of the level of love that she had for her husband. So it is with this watchman, this son of man. He's so in love with God that he can be sitting at a table of laborers, sitting at a table with the enemy, but in the words of the laborers, or in the words of the enemy, he can hear the voice of God. He knows what God is saying, even if it's not a direct connection or a direct conversation, he knows his Allah. He knows his Savior. And knowing his Savior, he will know the will, the way, the aim of his Savior, and warn the people of what is to come and guide us into a safe hereafter or a future. The other way, brothers and sisters, for this watchman to be able to see things in advance is that he is a avid student and studier of the word of God or what is called scripture. And when we understand the scriptures properly, brothers and sisters, and the wisdom that they contain and possess, the first half of the battle is already won. So I want to look at in the nation of Islam, what is called the supreme wisdom lessons. And in the very first question and answer of lesson number two, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives us insight into what the scriptures really are at their core. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the original man, he writes his history in advance and walks into it. Most of us consider history something that we've lived through and then we go back and write what happened. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the original man writes his history in advance and walks into it. So that means that we should not look at the scriptures as a history book, as Brother Student Minister Jeffrey Muhammad lifted this morning, but we should look at it as a living book that is happening and taking place right before our very eyes. So in Message to the Black Man on page 108, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we make such history once every 25,000 years. When such history is written, it is done by 24 
of our sciences. One acts as a judge or God for the others, and 23 actually do the work of getting up the future of the nation. All of this 25,000 year history, so teaches the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, is put into one book, and at intervals where such and such part or such and such portion will come to pass, that people will be given that part of the book through one among that people from one of the 12 major scientists, as it, as it is then called a scripture. And he says, which actually means script of writing from something original or book. So brothers and sisters, what that means is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that there are 24 scientists or very wise human beings who write this history in advance. And they write this 25,000 years of history to equal the circumference of our planet Earth. So the circumference of the planet Earth is 24,896 miles, which is approximately 25,000 miles. So these scientists write this history, or yeah, they write this history in advance, one year for every mile of the circumference of our planet. So they write it 25,000 years in advance. And when it comes time for a portion of this greater writing of 25,000 years to be fulfilled, these scientists give and raise a man from among that people and give to them a book, which is a part of the greater book. And he uses that writing to complete the assignment that he was given. So if we look at Moses in the scriptures, Moses was given a book called the Torah. And Moses was given a part of that greater 25,000 year history and used it to civilize the Caucasian people. If we look at Prophet Muhammad and the Holy Quran, it was a portion of the greater 25,000 year history that was given to Prophet Muhammad. He was raised by it and he went to civilize the Arabs. So we don't gangbang religiously or scripturally in the nation of Islam. All of these scriptures, all of these messengers, all of these prophets are just doing their job or their function, which is really a part of a greater writing. These 24 scientists that write this history in advance, they are talked, they are talked about in the last book of the Bible called Revelation. In chapters 4, in chapters 11, in chapters 5, in chapters 19, they all reference this exalted assembly under the term the 24 elders. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that the root word of scripture, scripture is script. And just like we can read a script and prepare for a play by staying in tune with and studying the script, we can see the play that is being performed right now in 2021 as we speak. So brothers and sisters, we must begin to have a greater appreciation of the scriptures because it is the highest level of understanding everything that is happening around us today. Some of us get into an intense study and we find ourselves in these wormholes where we're on YouTube watching this video and we're going to research this document on this website and pulling up this PDF of this. And that's good, that has its place, but that's a lower level of understanding. The root or the base of understanding what is happening around the world today is to start from the highest of levels, which is the scripture that is written in advance. So we want to go to this powerful scripture that was what? Written in advance, that tells us exactly the core or the root of everything that we're seeing today. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 3, it said, God came from T-Man and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. 
And if you read the book, Message to the Black Man, that we encourage each and every one of you to get after today's message at store.finalcall.com. In the first several chapters of this book, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad breaks this, this verse down. The first part says God came from T-Man. Well, T-Man is a location here on earth. So if you're telling us that God came from T-Man, you're saying that God is a part of a bloodline, God is a human being, and that God has origins in a geographical, physical location here on earth. And then the second part of this scripture says, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. So the God from T-Man is not considered holy, but the one that's from Mount Paran has the adjective of holy attached to his name. And this Holy One is also from Mount Paran, which is another geographical location here on planet Earth. So how could God come from T-Man? And how could the Holy One come from Mount Paran unless they were both human beings? I've never seen a spirit come from Chicago. I've never seen a spirit come from Detroit or New York or LA. The only thing that can travel from one city to another is a living organism, but more importantly, it is a human being. So God, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, means one who exercises great force and great power. And both of these individuals, the God from T-Man and the Holy God from Mount Paran, are both exercising great force and great power. So what we have in this book of Habakkuk are two gods who are on scene, who are both vying for their idea, their way of life, their civilization to reign supreme and be the standard moving into the future. So this verse, Habakkuk 3 and 3, sets the stage for this final war, this final conflict of who will, be, who will reign supreme and whose world will be done away with. In the book, Our Savior Has Arrived, in chapter 44 that my brother, student minister Abel Muhammad lifted early today, earlier today, on page 204, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this, referencing the same verse of Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3. He said, there are two gods. One God is the God of evil, and the other is the God of righteousness and justice. The nature of the two gods is so much different from the other that it makes it impossible for one God to yield to the other God because of their nature. So the God that came from T-Man, brothers and sisters, is this man that we call Yakub. And if you heard the term Yaqub, it is almost second to none that you think about the nation of Islam when you hear the name Yaqub. It automatically references back to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And student minister Ishmael Muhammad in his lecture last week, he talked about this Yaqub and he lifted a surah or, or a chapter out of this book, the Holy Quran. And in surah chapter 113, in verses one through three, it reads, say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn from the evil of that which he has created and from the evil of intense darkness when it comes and from the evil of those who cast evil suggestions and firm resolutions and from the evil of the envier when he envies. Student minister Ishmael Muhammad lifted from the teachings on last week he asked the question, he said, who is the he that created evil in this verse? And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan during our holy month of Ramadan, he said the he that is the creator of the evil is this man, Yaqub, 
that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us about. So who is this Yakub? We want to take a brief moment to just dig into his history a little bit more and find out what his purpose was, what he came to do, and then we'll be right out the way. So going back to these 24 scientists who write history in advance, when they wrote this period of 25,000 years of history written in advance, they saw that in the year 8,400, that there would be this little six-year-old boy who would be playing with two pieces of steel. And as he played with these two pieces of steel, he noticed that one of the pieces had a positive charge and the other piece had a negative charge. And that if you had two oppositely charged particles or pieces of steel, they would be drawn and attracted to one another. So from that day, Yakub had a determined idea in his head that he would develop a people that would be so unlike the original people of the planet that each of them will be drawn to one another, but using a system of tricks, using a system of lies and deceit, he would imbue that new people on the planet with a system of these lies, tricks, and deceit, and they would use those teachings to conquer and take over the world. This drama also plays out in this book, the Holy Quran, which was written in advance. In Surah 2, verse 30, there's a conversation ha having uh, being had, excuse me, between Allah and the angels. And the Lord said to the angels, I'm going to place a ruler in the earth. And the angels automatically knew that when he said he was going to place a ruler in the earth, that it was going to cause some mischief and the shedding of blood. So they said, wilt thou place in it such as make mischief in it and shed blood? And I don't know, maybe by the way that Allah was looking at that time, they immediately changed the tune and said, but we, we celebrate thy praise and extol thy holiness. And Allah said, surely I know what you know not. When the, Allah said this to the angels, he was letting them know that his calculations, his seeing advance was a little bit more thorough and a little bit deeper than theirs. So he said to the angels, let it be. Do not get in the way of it. Do not circumvent it. I have a purpose and a plan for this ruler to be placed in the earth. So in the book of Romans chapter eight, verses 28, because Allah has this comprehensive knowledge, because he can see in advance, because he can see all the way down the line of time, it says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things, all things means all things, good or bad, work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So from this moment in Surah 2, verse 30, Yaqub begins to go to work. And through a process of what is called grafting over a 600-year period of time, Yaqub begins developing this human being that would be unlike the original and would be taught these systems of tricks and lies. Now, grafting. Some of us may be confused about what we mean when it is said grafting. I took the time to look up grafting being used in a modern context. And I looked at how some of these amazingly sweet and delectable pieces of fruit are made. I, I've been in the grocery store at Jules where I can see a little apple and it's smaller than the normal apple, but when you bite into it, the juice is almost dripping down your chin. It's so sweet, it's so flavorful. And I said, man, I wonder if something with that high of a sugar content or like the cutie, the little orange that everybody likes to eat, how could it be so sweet if it was natural? 
So I went on this research and I found out that when they graft from the original of an apple, they use a process called grafting where they take the rootstock of one tree and they take a portion of a second tree and using these two trees, they cut a wound in the tree. And naturally the tree wants to heal itself. So when the, the tree's wound begins to mesh together and heal, it has the genetic makeup of the other tree and it has the genetic makeup of the original tree. And from that tree, it produces the great tasting apples that we all love, the honey crisp and the gala apples and all these other ones. These are derivatives that came about through a process of grafting. So Yacoub understanding that science long ago, he looked at the human being and said, man, maybe I can bring out of this original man an offshoot or a different breed or a different looking type of human being. So he went to work. And let me say this real quick. I was looking and I found something interesting. There's a tree uh, in LA that is able from one root to produce 40 different variations of fruit. So you can go to one tree branch and pull down a pear. You can go to one, pull down an apple, all from the same tree because they've mastered this process of grafting. But Yakub began with the original black man. And from the original black man through a, science, through a, through a process of birth control. He grafted from the black man the lighter color of himself. So the black man has the ability to produce himself, which is black, but also the recessive gene, which is brown. And the nurses and the doctors and all of Yakub's team would go to work. And if you produced a dark black child, they would kill that child. The nurse would stick a needle into the brain of the baby and they will tell you these good terms. The baby went on into glory. The baby uh, is an angel baby and all of these other things and they would keep the brown, lighter skinned baby alive and say that this will be a special child destined for greatness. And based on this history, over a 200 year period, the people of that, of that place, which is also in the scriptures, went from the color of original black to a lighter complexion of brown. Then in the second phase of 200 years, they did the process all over again, where they took the more dominant species or the brown, and from that brown, they were able to produce two offshoots, one of the brown and then one of the lighter complexion, which is the yellow. And through a process of sticking a needle into the brain of the brown, they would kill him off and tell you these great stories about heaven. And over 200 year period, they allowed the yellow to live to where in that land of Patmos, so teaches the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, they went from a brown complexion civilization to a yellow complexion civilization. And then the final stage, Yaqub then takes his people using that same system that he developed to bring the yellow people into the stage of white, the same process. Stick a needle in the brain of the yellow child, allow the white one to live, the white one is destined for greatness, the yellow one, ah. And then over a 600 year process, the white people or the Caucasian people of our planet were brought into existence. But along with the scientific birthing of this process, brothers and sisters, we also have to understand the mindset. And the mindset is that if there is anything darker than me, I cannot submit to it. If there is anything darker than me, I am greater than, I am superior to. And that mindset we can see smelling up and stinking the planet Earth. So in the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from his powerful lecture, The Criterion, that he delivered on July 4th, 
2020. Look at what he said. After talking about how him and Father Flager had met and they were talking about Hillary Clinton, he went on to say in that lecture, he said, any of you that work with and for white people, the reason you cannot get them to bow to your wisdom, even when you are better at the job than they, it's because of the way they were made. They were made to rule. White people, wherever you find them on our planet, it doesn't make any difference their ethnicity. They are the same way by nature. Wherever they are in relationship to people of color, they always dominate with tyranny. If you want trouble, he said, you just rise up even with a suggestion, suggestion, excuse me, they can't handle black intelligence. So now understanding this history that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us about the grafting process, we now understand the mindset that is at the root of this civilization. In our Supreme Wisdom Lessons, in lesson number two, question and answer number 28, it talks about how in that grafting process, Yaqub used four major laboring positions to bring that unlike people, that Caucasian people into existence. These four laboring positions were the doctor, the minister, the nurse, and the cremator. And we find it interesting that these same professions, these same four areas, are back in the limelight in 2021, where the nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is saying, we're at the end of the close of this world, and as it says in the scriptures, as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. These four laboring positions of Yaqub are back in the forefront. You have the doctor who is saying, ah, I got a vaccine for you. But he's bowed in submission to the greater idea, which is the pharmaceutical company. Then you have the ministers who are afraid to lose their 501c3 status. They don't want to lose the money or the check or the favor that the rulers of this world give them. So they are pushing to their congregations to take this vaccine. And then you have the nurse, just like in the time of Yaqub, who is sticking the needle in the brain of the baby. This has twofold. Number one, they are the executors of this deadly poison shot. I don't even want to call it a vaccine, but also sticking a needle into the brain of the child also represents infecting them with a education of white supremacy. And then at the end, of course, you have the funeral homes and the cremators who are burying the deceased, who are coming in increasing and more increasing numbers as each and every day goes by. These four laboring positions represent the institutions of the pharmaceutical company, which is the doctors, the religions of the world, which is the ministers, the educational system, which is represented by the nurse and the funeral homes. But if Yaqub was able to pull all of these things off and bring an unlike, unlike person on the planet and the scientists, those 24 scientists that we talked about were able to see these things in advance, shouldn't it be found somewhere in the scriptures? So in the book of Revelations, chapter 13, verse 18, it says, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad broke this verse down, and he said that this six, six, and six represents the Yaqub process of the 600 years, first and foremost. The first six represents the grafting from the original man to the uh, colored man or the Caucasian man. The second six 
represents the days or the 6,000-year period that God gave Satan to rule. And the final six of the 666 represents the 60 years that will be considered a time of grace so that the mentally dead original people of our planet could be awakened and rose into a new understanding. Now, what I found interesting, brothers and sisters, is I came across an article written by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that he published on November the 8th, 1958, entitled The Beast of Revelation. Look at what he said. He said, the revelation is claimed by the Christians to have been granted to a Saint John divine who was a follower of Jesus. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, this is erroneous and it is wrong. It is by the father of the white race, Mr. Yaqub or Jacob, that the scriptures of the book of Revelation were, were written. So if we go back to Surah chapter two, verse 30, where Allah said, I know to the angels what you know not. That is because Allah was able to see all the way through the process in advance and know exactly what this grafting process of 600 years would draw, what would it conclude to? And he gave that insight and that vision to Yaqub. So in the making of Yaqub's people, the end was already prophesied. It was already shown to Yaqub. So if we study this book of Revelations, we will see the literal playbook of how the world of Yaqub will come to an end. So brothers and sisters, we are now at a time where the enemies of God, the ones who helped to build this world of Yaqub or the God from T-Man, and naturally, if you've been ruling for a 6,000-year period, you don't really want to give up rulership. So we are at a point now where Allah is on one hand saying to the rulers of this world, your time has expired. Your time is up. I have a new people that I want to put in your stead. And in the Holy Quran, it says that Allah has the ability and the power and the wisdom to take the kingdom from whom he pleases and give it to whom he pleases. But these people are so unlike the original. They are so opposite the nature that they can't just bow out and submit. They want to fight and have a showdown with God. So the reason that the governments of this world, America included, being the worst of them, is in utter chaos today is because we are going through a period of transition from the old world to the new world. And Jesus saw this time or this period of transition coming and he asked the question in the New Testament of the Gospels. He said, Satan at a particular time would cast out Satan. So if we look at the news, we see liberals and conservatives at war with one another. During the time of President Donald Trump, we saw a sitting president at war with his own Congress. And these conditions are all being fulfilled from the book of Revelations because Satan is literally casting out Satan in this day and time. But in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down up unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. 
So understanding that his time has expired and God is on scene to establish a new world, the enemy is moving very frantically. He's going hard in the paint to try to hold on to rule because he knows that his time is limited. So the question is then asked in Revelation 13, they said, who is able to make war with the beast? The beast, the reason it is termed a beast is not because it's some extraterrestrial, extrasensory animal. It is because you have human beings who are exhibiting the characteristics of beasts. A beast does not do what right dictates. They don't try to reason and negotiate their way to a peacefully compromised solution. They do what their might dictates. If you get the current edition of the Final Call newspaper, I thank Allah for the beautiful Nation of Islam research team that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has compiled and put together. And they have been publishing some amazing articles in the Final Call newspaper. And we want you to go to finalcalldigital.com at the end of today's lecture and make sure you have a subscription. But they wrote an article that was based on the words and the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from the criterion that he had delivered again on July 4th, 2020. In that lecture, he said, I say to my brothers and sisters in Africa, if they come up with a vaccine, be careful. Don't let them vaccinate you with their history of treachery through vaccines, through medication. And then he asked the question, are you listening? And what we found out, brothers and sisters, is that some of those African leaders actually took the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's words to heart. And they are leery of these vaccines that are being pushed to the masses of the people. But remember, in the book of Revelations, it says, who can make war with the beast? So the question is asked because anyone who goes contrary to what the beast desires, what agendas they have, what foreign policy they want to execute, the beast immediately tramples them under their foot. So in the recent edition of the Final Call newspaper, the research team said that the president of Burundi, by the name of Pierre, and excuse me if I get his last name wrong, but Pierre Nekrunziza, right? Burundi is a land that is very rich in resources. They have uranium, they have nickel, they have cobalt, copper, and platinum. But what people don't know is that in May of 2020, the president of Burundi, Pierre, I'm not gonna jag his last name, I'm just gonna call him President Pierre, he told four World Health Organization officials to leave the country because of unacceptable interference in the country's management of the coronavirus. So when he did this and kicked out four World Health officials, the beast became angered because he was putting a stop to their agenda to depopulate the planet Earth as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us about and they could not have that because the question is asked again in Revelations, who can make war with the beast? So less than a month later, brothers and sisters, in June of 2020, President Pierre Nkrunza, Nkrunziza of Burundi died. He was succeeded by Everest Ndayishime Mie, and now Burundi, after the death of the president and the new leader being put in, is now accepting COVID-19 vaccines. So the question is asked again, who can make war with the beast? But that's not it. In Tanzania, there is a president by the name of John Magufuli. 
And Tanzania is also rich in resources. They have gold, they have diamonds, they have Tanzanite, and they have natural gas. Now this president, President John Magufuli, he has a PhD in chemistry, and he believed that the PCR tests that were being used to test for COVID-19, he said that they were being fraudulently, fraudulently used to hype the infection rates. So being a PhD in chemistry, he understood something, and he went to work to expose them. And he sent in DNA swabs or mouth swabs, check this out, of a goat. He sent in a swab of a papaya fruit. He sent in a swab of a sheep, and he also sent in a swab of literal motor oil. And after each sample that was given a human name and a human age and a human gender, when they all came back, all four, the goat, the sheep, the papaya fruit, and the motor oil, all were diagnosed with COVID-19, exposing the agenda that the enemy has, but don't forget, brothers and sisters, this is a pestilence from heaven, first and foremost, but the enemy is trying to use the pestilence that God has sent for his own wicked agenda. And this president, John Magufuli, he died in April of 2021, and he was succeeded by Samia Suluhu Hassan, and now all of a sudden, after she took her own, uh, COVID-19 vaccine, the vaccines are now wise, widely accepted in Tanzania. So the moment that the president, John Magufuli, went to war against the beast, the beast crushed him underneath their grasp. So the question is asked in the book of Revelations, who can make war with the beast? That's not it. President Jovenel Moise of Haiti. Haiti is another rich land. It has over $120 billion dollars of oil reserves. But we know that on July 7th of this year, a team of assassins stormed his home and murdered President Jovenel Moise. Up until that point, not a single Haitian had been vaccinated. But one week after they assassinated President Jovenel Moise, a shipment of 500,000 doses of the COVID-19 vaccine entered into Haiti. So the question is asked, who can make war with the beast? The last one that we'll share, even though there's so much more, is President Andrew Rojalina of Madagascar, and Madagascar also being rich in resources. They have nickel, cobalt, sapphires, titanium ore, chromite, coal, iron, copper, and oil, and this president, of Madagascar said he had more effective treatments for COVID than the vaccine, and he called it organics. These same wicked demons tried to assassinate the president of Madagascar, Rohalina, Andre Rohalina. And there was an attempted assassination in July of 2021, the same month where they assassinated the president of Haiti, President Moise. But fortunately, the people of Madagascar and the security of the president of Madagascar was able to avoid the assassination attempt. So we wanna to say to our brother, be careful, because the question again is asked in the book of Revelation, who can make war with the beast? So on one side, brothers and sisters, Satan and his demons 
are not only ready for war, but they are already in a full engaged, excuse me, in full-fledged war. And although the beast is displaying his dominance over the various nations and people of the earth, we must always keep in mind that God is in control. It was God that said, let it be. He knew what the angels knew not. And in the book of Revelation that was shown to Yakub, it was also shown that this great dragon and this beast would run into a God and his army. And God has come himself to settle the score and reestablish justice in the earth. In the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And when you look up the term manifest, it means readily perceived by the eye or the understanding, evident, obvious, apparent, plain. So if this son of God will be manifest to destroy the work of devils, that means that it would be a human being that you could see, not a spirit flying around. This is also supported by the book of Revelations in chapter 10, verse 7, where it says, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound. The mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophet. The mystery of God should be finished. What's the mystery? What is the unknown? The reality of God. And that is why in the book of Revelations in chapter 1, it says, On that day, every eye shall see him. So in those days, God would be made known. And there would be no confusion or misunderstandings of his reality. The people would come face to face with the holy God from Mount Paran. This God who did appear and manifested himself and made himself known here in America on July 4th of 1930 in the person of Master Far Muhammad. But here, check this out brothers and sisters, he had no reason to execute judgment himself. If God is all wise and all knowing and he's all powerful, what better way for the God to work than to raise, not himself to execute judgment, but to raise one from among the oppressed, one who was a victim of the beast, and imposit, deposit into him the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding that would cause him to be raised to a level where he could execute judgment. So this man, Master Father Muhammad, raised the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to be his messenger, Messiah, and giving him knowledge, giving him wisdom, supreme wisdom, giving him understanding. He took a man with a fourth grade education and gave him supreme wisdom, raising him to a level where now the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is in power. He is in control. He is managing the affairs, the affairs of this world and, of course, the nation of Islam. But this Man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is also styled in the book of Revelations under different terms. In the book of Revelations, chapter 1, verse 5, look at what it says, brothers and sisters. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. I'm going to say that one more time. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Why the first begotten of the dead? In our spook 
ism and in our understanding of a mystery God that the enemy has given to us. When we think about the resurrection of the dead, we think about people coming out of the grave. But you and I, as adults, we know better. So what is this scripture really telling us about? It's telling us about a people who are not uh, uh, physically dead, but they are spiritually and mentally dead. And if you look at the condition of the original people all over the planet Earth, but more importantly, you look at the condition of the black man and woman of North America, you will see that we are in a state of mental and spiritual death. We are dead politically. So the the politicians only come to talk to us when it's voting time. And if it's not voting season, they don't want nothing to do with you. They have no desire to hear your agenda. They have no desire to put legislation forward on the floor. None of that because we are politically dead, so they know that they can come give you some broken promises and that's the end all and be all of the discussion. We know that we are also economically dead. That's why when you go around the black community, everyone else and their mother has a store, a business set up, and they are profiting off of the dollars of the black community. We're getting better because the awakening is taking place degree by degree, but we are economically dead because we allow others to suck the lifeblood out of our communities. And if you wanna talk about spiritual death, of course we're spiritually dead. Many of us still do not understand the reality of God and how God is a human being. And we use these differences of ideology to go against one another. So the Muslim can't work with the Hebrew. The Hebrew can't work with the Christian. The Christian can't work with the Catholic to build a better reality for our community, for the original people. We all at odds with one another and we can do nothing in the way of progress. So when the scriptures talk about the resurrection of the dead, they are talking about the mental and spiritual level that the masses of the people are on. So when they call this Jesus the Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, that means that he was the first one to acknowledge and identify the reality of God for who he is. This first begotten of the dead, a few chapters later, is also styled as a lamb. And in the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, this is in the book of Revelations, Yaqub saw this in advance, right? According to other schools of thought, John the Revelator is seeing this. And it says, And I saw a lamb standing as though though it had been slain. If you look up the term slain, it is the past participle of slay. And to slay means to murder or kill. So this lamb looked, it says, appeared to be, looked as if it had been slain. But notice that the lamb was standing in the midst of the 24 elders or the 24 scientists. And I'm going to give you, brothers and sisters, the Cliff Notes version of this story. But in this account, Allah is holding a book in his hand. And this book is enclosed with seals. And a mighty angel comes forward in the book of Revelations and says with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? It then says that no one in heaven and no one in earth was able to open the scroll, but the lamb that looked as if it had been slain, that was standing in the midst of the exalted assembly. He was able to take the book out of the hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. And he was able to break its seals because he had been taught with the greatest of wisdom from Allah God himself. So when they saw that he was able to break the seals, the 24 scientists fell down and they said, worthy is the lamb 
because the wisdom that he was given by God was supreme. And the wisdom that he had in his head, it exceeded the wisdom of even the exalted assembly and the 24 elders. So this lamb that the scriptures speak of, that is the lamb that appeared to be slain, is talking about the honorable Elijah Muhammad. He appeared as if he was slain. And the same way the masses of the people believe that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad died in 1975. But we want to tell you today, in this morning's broadcast, that he is alive and well. He is in power, and he is feeding the man in our midst, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And we want to know why this watchman, the son of man, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, could tell us of what is happening in advance. The reason he can tell us of what is happening in advance is because he is feeding from the direct connection to his teacher, his father, our father, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Lamb of the Scriptures. In the book Closing the Gap, the minister said, I heard the Honorable Elijah Muhammad say once that two-thirds of the Quran were for him and one-third was, was for some other man. And I would let that other man worry about his part. Well, he said the book that the Savior gave him was the Quran, but two-thirds of it, which deals with faith, that would be established before he departed, but the other third would be established under his, under his guidance from another place in which he would be. He then went on to say, that he was like a guided missile, that God was off in a secret place, guiding him. He's a guided man. Well, now he has grown up into that kind of power where he, where he can be where he is and guide his man in the fulfillment of his third. So this helper doesn't really have to worry about his part. All he needs to do is reach up into his brain for the guidance that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad will continue to give him. This other man that is fulfilling, this other third of the scriptures, is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And this brings us to the close of our conversation this afternoon. In the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, it talks about a woman who was clothed in the sun, as Brother Abel, I believe, talked about this morning. And this woman who was clothed in the sun would be standing on the moon. In our Hollywood perceptions of, of these scriptures, we get real fanciful and sci-fi Hollywood movie. But all of this has symbolic meaning. Why are we talking about a woman when thus far in today's message we've only discussed Master Father Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who are all men? Why a woman? In the Holy Day of Atonement in 2018, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, Elijah Muhammad was given a mission by God and he needed a helper. Some helpers, helpers aren't worth a damn because they think more about helping themselves than the man that has the mission. I was born for Muhammad. I was born and I'm pregnant. Minister, you're pregnant? He said, I'm pregnant with a nation. That's why the Bible said it was a woman clothed in the sun with the crown of stars on her, on her head standing on the moon. That woman was pregnant with a nation. The dragon came after that woman. All messengers of God are styled as women 
because God is the man who impregnates the messenger with the seed of truth from which a nation comes to birth. Yes, I am. I don't want to mess it up. I am. Where's my quote? I am him. Now, this woman that is clothed in the sun, why the sun? This means that the messenger of God, the servant of God in our, in our midst, would be dressed in the light of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. And he would represent this wisdom, this knowledge, and this understanding to the world. So this woman who is clothed in the sun is talking about the knowledge that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has. But then notice that this woman clothed in the sun is standing on the moon. This moon, so teaches the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, represents the prophets. The prophets represent the moon because they bring nothing new to the world or nothing new to the people. They only reflect what God has already said. So just as the moon reflects the light of the sun and gives back to you the light that was borrowed, so it is with the prophets of God who borrows their knowledge from God and gives back to the people the reflection of that knowledge. But the reason that this woman in this Revelations 12 is styled as standing on top of the moon is because, and I want to lift a quote from the Criterion, July 4th, 2020. The minister said, now you may not believe that God would choose a man to grow right up among you that becomes the masters, the master, excuse me, of the prophets. You might not want to believe that, but it is a fact because no prophet can even be considered a prophet until that which he prophesied is fulfilled. And it is the fulfiller of the predictions of the prophets that seals them as prophets of God. So my work, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is to seal that all of the prophets did not lie. So that is why this woman who was clothed with the knowledge and wisdom of God, standing on top of the moon because they are the master of the prophets, and they sealed the prophecies of the prophets. But in the next several verses, verses four through six, it talks about how this woman who is ready to give birth at the, and standing in front of that woman, is a great dragon and a great beast. And the minister always lift the fact that when we start in the book of Genesis, it's a little garden snake, it's a little rattlesnake creeping up to the woman to deceive her. But by the time they get to the end of their world, this snake has graduated into a dragon. But this dragon is standing at the, at the foot of the woman, ready for her to give birth to this child who would rule the nations with a rod of iron. And this dragon wants to kill and devour that seed. But what happens is, as the child is being born, the woman or the messenger of God, the servant of God, is pulled away and taken out of the grasp of the dragon. And this dragon becomes enraged because his goal was to get that child that will be born. But because it's so infuriated, it turns and directs his energy towards the followers of this messenger of God, this servant of God, which represents the righteous and the believers and followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So the scripture says that this servant of God will be kept safe and they were whisked away to a safe place that God had prepared for them. And it took, and, it, and this, this servant of God will be, excuse me, this servant of God 
will be gone from amongst the people for three years and a half. And while he is away from the people, he would undergo a course of study and a training that would imbue this servant of God, this messenger of God, with the knowledge and the power to return and completely destroy the world of Satan. So then the showdown takes place in the, in the, in the verses of 7 through 10. It says, now there was a war in heaven. The dragon and his demons on one side who are ready for the full-scale war. And on the other side, you have this man of God who comes back and now he's given the name Michael the archangel. And this Michael, when you look up the name Michael and see what it means, it means who is like God or a gift from God. And this Michael and his angels are now ready for war. And the scripture says that the dragon fought back, but the, but the dragon was thrown down along with his host of demons. And when he was thrown out of heaven, the angels began to rejoice. So based on this scripture, we know that Allah, along with the lamb, along with Michael and their angels, which represents Master Father Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we know that they have an assignment and a job to do, and they're going to do what they were born to do. But the question is, what is the role of the believers in this day and time? And we are given the answer in verse 11 where it says, and they have conquered him, the dragon, the beast, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. So in that verse, we were given two prescriptions, two things that we could do to survive and see through this trying and intense period of darkness. The first says that we can uh, overcome or conquer the, the dragon by the blood of the lamb. This doesn't mean to go out and find a lamb and sacrifice it to the gods and somehow we're going to be safe from hurt, harm, or danger. What this means is, is that the blood is the life force of a living organism. And the blood of the lamb is not talking about a literal sheep or a lamb. It's talking about the blood of the Jesus, the Christ, the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the life that he teaches each and every one of us to live. And if we are found in congruence with him, if we are found in obedience to him, how he teaches us to dress, how he teaches us to speak, how he teaches us to eat, then we will find ourselves in a safe place in the bosom of God, where this pandemic, this period of intense darkness, the trials and the pitfalls and the snares of the enemy will have no effect over you and I. And then in verse 11, it also gives another prescription of how to overcome the dragon. It says you can overcome the dragon by the word of your testimony. That means regardless to what other people think about it, when you have been affected by the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the words and lectures and the billions of words and billions of lectures that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has given us. When those words and scriptures begin to take a change and affect our lives in a, in a positive way as it will, it is our job as the righteous, as the believers, as those who wanna fight on the side of God to share our testimony, to share how these teachings have changed our lives, to share these personal stories that will fuel the other believers but it will also draw some of the wicked from the other side. So I close today's message with a testimony that will help us 
to refuel our faith and overcome the dragon. Many people don't know that over the last month, my mother has been in a very, very, very sick condition. She was affected by this pestilence that came from heaven. And this COVID-19 virus reached her and she was already a victim of chronic asthma. And of course, COVID being a, a virus that affects the breathing, having chronic asthma is very difficult when you come down and contract the virus. So my mother initially tried to stay out of the hospital, but at a certain point, she could not breathe. So after calling me and I spoke with her, she went in and she got checked out by the doctors. And they initially started, because I didn't want her to be on the ventilator, but they initially started to give her a non-invasive breathing treatment. And after several days had passed, my mother's condition got worse. And I called my mother again to check on her and she answered. And in that moment, she began to tear up and break down. I could hear her crying over the phone. And I knew that if I stayed on the phone with her, her crying would get more intense and it would further give her difficulty while she's trying to breathe and recuperate. So the very next day they had to immediately put her on a ventilator because her oxygen levels were just so low. And she was in such a bad condition that they had to actually induce a coma for her as well. A few days after that, the ventilator just wasn't helping. She was still struggling on life support. And they called and said, can we give your mother, uh, they actually spoke to her husband and he called me. And they said, can we give your mother what is called an ECMO machine? And this ECMO machine is a machine that bypasses the lung that's having difficulty and the machine will do the breathing for you so that the lung has time to restore itself and kind of begin to repair and come into a better condition. Long story short, my mother had been in coma for over a month. And there were a few times in her coma where they would try to bring her out of the coma and she was experiencing cardiac arrest, a heart attack. And as the, 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 each day the story would get worse, one day I shared it with uh, Minister Ishmael, student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, and he told me, brother, go visit your mother. He told me to go do two things. Number one, meet with the healthcare team. Make sure that they have the right spirit and that they're trying to do everything in their power to help your mother get through this time. And he said the other thing was that it would give me comfort if I was able to go touch my mother and I pray for my mother and be there with her. So of course, being the beautiful human being that he is, I had to take his guidance. I was like, hey, I'm gonna check out. I'll be gone for a few days. So I flew out to Arizona where my mother stays and I met with the healthcare team and I got a feel for how the healthcare team was and they seem to be all right, but ultimately, sometimes we spend so much time giving credit to the beast and to the dragon and what he's capable of doing, we forget that God is on an even higher level. So even if they had ulterior motives, even if their intentions were not the best, even though if they were in the career field and they were one of those nurses and doctors that was just tired of doing what they do and they weren't giving it the due diligence, I knew that we worship and serve a God that has the power to change the thought itself if it's something that is not in congruence with his will. So I went out there, I met with their team, they seemed okay. And the moment that the staff exited the room, I began to pray for my mother. I started off with reading the book of Job and how although he was a righteous man and a good servant of Allah, 
Job was chastised, well, not chastised, but he was tried. That's the better word, excuse me. He was tried with loss, loss of property, loss of life, diminution of fruits. And my mother was going through the same thing. Her job is uncertain right now. How she'll pay her bills is uncertain right now. Thankfully, she's recently remarried and her husband is there to help and aid and assist her. But nonetheless, the moment the staff was out of the room, I began to pray for my mother after reading several chapters of the book of Job. And when I prayed in her ear, I held her hand close. And I said a prayer that I felt she was more comfortable with because she is a Christian uh, a woman by her own beliefs and profession. But after that prayer, I whispered in her ear because even though she's unconscious, I know that the brain is recording. And I asked her permission. I said, may I pray in a manner that I'm comfortable with? And I went on and I started to pray to Allah in the person of Master Father Muhammad. And I used the names of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I used the name of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the servant of God in our midst. And when I got done with the prayer, I touched her hand one more time and stuck around for the rest of the day. But the very next day, I had to fly back out of Arizona into Chicago. And when I got back to Chicago at the close of the week, this goes back to the blood of the lamb, right? The blood of the lamb, the lamb is teaching us to go outside and get some sun. He said that if you keep efficient levels of vitamin D and bathe in that sun, that it is a... a, a um, a good measure in helping to prevent the effects of COVID-19. So trying to be a good student of the blood of the lamb and live the lifestyle that he taught us to live, I took my family out to the park and we began to play some baseball, throw some horseshoes and play a little soccer and football and just soak in that sun. And God is my witness, take it or let it alone, but I look over my shoulder and in the sky I see what we call baby planes, what you may know as UFOs. And my entire family was blessed to be able to witness this UFO go across the sky, shifting in colors. And as it shifted in colors, it got a little bit further and we were still watching it and it began to blink and disappear and come back into uh, view and disappear and come back into view. And that was confirming to us that that was indeed a baby plane who is owned and operated by Allah in the person of Master Father Muhammad. So in that moment, I thanked Allah. I said, thank you for allowing us to see one of your wheels. But later on that night as I was driving, I said, but why did you allow us to see that wheel? What was the purpose? And as I began to go through that in my mind, I wrestled with it for a little bit. Of course, I'm, I'm going to take it as a blessing. And if it ain't nothing else, it ain't nothing else but a blessing. But the very next morning after seeing that baby plane, it was almost as if God had given us confirmation that my mother would be okay. If it is not his will and he goes in a different direction, praise be to Allah. That's the mark of a believer. But I believe that seeing that baby plane was a confirmation of the faith, of the prayer that I was able to whisper in her ear while I was in Arizona. And the very next morning, her husband called me and said, hey, your mom's eyes are open. She's looking around the room. She's not quite responsive yet, but she has her eyes very well open. The very next couple of days, I get another phone call while I began to prepare for this lecture. And then they say, hey, your mother is now responding to the nurse and to, the, to her husband who's present there with her. We're still going through everything else on the side, but nonetheless, she's not responding to the doctors for some reason. She must not like them. 
but the nurse and to, the, to her husband, she's responding. They then, two days ago, hooked her up to an EEG, which is measured brain activity. During that month of being a coma, being in a coma, excuse me, was there any brain damage, any strokes, anything that took place? And they told, her, they told us that she would have to be on the EEG uh, machine that will read her brain function for 72 hours, which is three days. And with less than 24 hours, they pulled it off of her and said, she's fine. There's no signs of stroke, no signs of brain aneurysms, no signs of anything harmful. She'll be fine as far as a mental standpoint. And then last night, before I went to bed, I received another message that said, hey, your mother is now looking around the room from side to side. She's moving her eyes. When she heard her husband's voice come in the door, she's now moving, which means that even the atrophy is now subsiding. But we know, I know, I can't speak for you, I know that it is Allah in the person of Master Father Muhammad, the Lamb, the Jesus, the Christ, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and in praying in the name of their servant, their their watchman, the son of man in our midst, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that took a situation that seemed grim, seemed like it had no hope, seemed like I better have start preparing for a funeral. But now it's in a completely 180 degree different direction. So this is the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony that I wanted to share as I bring this lecture to a close. But each and every one of us, brothers and sisters, we have to make a decision. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. The scripture says that no man can serve two masters. Will you accept the world of Yakub, the world of the dragon that is on its way out, or will you accept the superior way of life, the world of the Holy One from Mount Paran, the God who came in person for you and me, Master Father Muhammad, choose ye who you will serve this day, and we greet you in peace. I want to make sure I got everything. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It says in Psalms, let the redeemed tell their story. And in hearing student minister Daniel bear witness to another of the many miracles of Master Far Muhammad, we invite each and every one of you that have heard this beautiful and moving lecture today to join us and become a part of the Nation of Islam. You have seen different student ministers come up and you have listened to the various lectures of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Almighty God Allah is in the blessing business. He's in the redemption business. He is our savior. He is your savior and we're inviting you to get to know him. Those that are interested, those that have an interest and questions in wanting to know more of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you can push the button now and send us your name and your email and any questions you have regarding these magnificent teachings. These are the life-giving, life-saving, life-altering teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. These teachings are on time and in time. So once again, brothers and sisters, let us give a round of applause to student minister, Daniel Muhammad, for such a moving testimony on how God is interactive in his life. So please go right now, right on the bottom of the page, 
You can send us an email and say, I want to join the Nation of Islam. I want to be a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I want to be a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I want to know myself. Most importantly, I want to have a better relationship with Almighty God, Allah. Brothers and sisters, we thank you for being with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. And we'd like to invite you to continue to come right back. But brothers and sisters, as you're listening right now, all of us have shared words from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You can have the same sources and resources that we use each and every day to transform our lives. You can go to store.finalcall.com. You can purchase the books of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the tapes and the videos and the files of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that you can have in your personal library, that you one day will have your personal testimony, that once you start to digest the magnificent teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, your life will never be the same again. And also, brothers and sisters, we invite each and every one of you to get a copy and a subscription to the Final Call newspaper, all black-owned. We're offering that to everyone that wants to hear truth. We have the most truthful periodical on the internet, and we can put it in your hands from the various brothers that are on the corner. You can also get your digital edition right now, finalcalldigital.com. As soon as we close in prayer, we want you to go to finalcalldigital.com and get you a subscription to the Final Call newspaper. And brothers and sisters, those that have enjoyed listening to what you heard today, the teacher of student minister Daniel, the teacher of student minister Ishmael Muhammad, the teacher of student minister Nuri Muhammad, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, you can hear him all day, every day, 24 hours a day. You can get divine revelation from God by tuning in to Final Call Radio, finalcall.com. You can get the magnificent teachings of the honorable Elijah Muhammad 24 hours a day, we invite you to make sure that you tune in and have your children tune in and your friends tune in and your parents tune in and your grandchildren tune in to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan all day, every day, 24 hours a day. And brothers and sisters, we also invite you that after every meal versus going into Jewels or some other store getting a dessert, we want you to now order your supreme bean pie. And we deliver nationwide. No matter where you are, we're able to get to you a magnificent supreme bean pie. You can go to www.thesupremebeanpie.com. And as we close, we'd like to invite each and every one of you to join us next week, same time, NOI.org, as we continue in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We also offer our Wednesday's program at 7.30 p.m. and our Friday's program at 7.30 p.m. As we began our meetings, brothers and sisters, in prayer, we're taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and in everything that we do, we give Almighty God Allah the credit. So as we close, we want to close our meeting in thanking him, and giving him the praise, and continuing to seek his face and ask for his mercy and for his blessings and for his, his forgiveness. Would you all please join me as we close in prayer?
In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of this day of judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship, and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path, the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed favors, not the path of those upon whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after hearing thy teachings. Amen. Dear listeners, we have been blessed by Almighty God Allah over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.